While thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, I came across two ideas which I really wanted to share with you today. And they're connected, but yet not connected. And God willing, we'll get some clarity. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Practical Parsha Podcast. I hope you're doing well. If you have any questions, comments, would like to say hello, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomokonwithak at gmail.com. I love getting feedback, and I do my best to respond to all the emails. This week's parsha is Parsha's Bishalach. And the Torah tells us the story of the Jewish people leaving from Egypt, from Mitzrayim, and the people are being led by Moshe Rabbeinu through the desert, and it seems as if they don't know where they're going. Paro who had previously let them leave Egypt, now has a change of heart. He decides, after seeing the Jewish people going in circles in the desert, to chase after them, to pursue them, to kill them, to capture them, to bring them back to Egypt. And the Jewish people, hearing that Paro has started to chase after them again, starts to panic. And they're trapped. On one side is the sea, on the other side are wild beasts, and on the third side are the Egyptians. The Torah tells us how God makes a miracle for the Jewish people. The sea splits. The Jewish people cross the Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds, on dry land. And the Egyptians pursue with the water crashing down upon them. After seeing the, the downfall of the Mitzrayim of the Egyptians, the Jewish people are possessed to sing a special song, Shiraz Hayam, the Az Yashir prayer, which we say every day. It's a spiritual song, which has a special cantillation to it when the Torah reader reads it in the synagogue on Shabbos. This week's Parsha also tells us how the Jewish people test God at the waters of Marah. And the Jewish people also eat the mun, the miraculous food that falls from heaven every day in this week. The Parsha finishes with the battle of Amalek, how the nation of Amalek attacks the Jewish people and the Jewish people defeat them. The first idea which I wanted to share with you from the parsha deals with the Jewish people being trapped. The Jewish people are out of Egypt. They are now at the shores of the Yamsuf of the Sea of Reeds, and they have nowhere to go. The ocean is on one side. The Midrash tells us that animals were blocking them on the other side, and the Egyptians were enclosing them. And if you look at the wording of the, of the psukim, of the verses, it's a very interesting give and take, very eye-opening conversation between the Jewish people and Moshe Rabbeinu. The Pesach tells us as follows, Paro approached the children of Israel, raised their eyes, and behold, Egypt was journeying after them, and they were very frightened. The children of Israel cried out to Hashem, Vayomru el Moshe, hamibli ein kvarim b'mitzrayim, lakachtani lomos v'amidbar, mazos asisi, mazos asisa lanu, lootzianu mitzrayim. They said to Moshe, Were there no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? Halo ze'adavar asher dibarnu elecha b'mitzrayim lemar, chadal mimchol v'navda es mitzrayim, ki toiv lanu avoid es mitzrayim mimuseinu b'amidbar. What is this that you have done to us to take us out of Egypt? Is it not the statement that we made to you in Egypt saying, let us be and we will serve Egypt 
for it is better that we should serve Egypt than we should die in the wilderness. And Moshe goes on to give the Jewish people strength, to encourage them to not worry that Hashem is going to rescue them and to be their salvation. Now the question that's asked is, how could the Jewish people say after experiencing the ten plagues, the miracles that happened to them in Egypt, now they're out of Egypt, say to Moshe Rabbeinu, it would have been better for us to, to die in Egypt or to be slaves in Egypt to, than to be dead. How could they have made this claim to Moshe Rabbeinu to say it's better for us to, to have been slaves to the Egyptians than to be dead as free men? And the Svasemes, who is of the Gera Hasidic dynasty, has a very beautiful explanation that helps us understand why they made this claim and what they were trying to say to Moshe Rabbeinu and what Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to explain back to them. He says as follows, The miracle of going out of Egypt, Yetzias Mitzrayim, all the plagues and the Jewish people actually getting out of Mitzrayim, was a nes shaloi bahadraga, which means it was a miracle that happened to the Jewish people even though they were not on the level of worthy of receiving that miracle. That since God saw that the Jewish people, if they would have stayed there a moment longer, they would have been lost forever, he took them out and it was like a present, this madrega, this level that the Jewish people got from experiencing that exodus from Egypt, it was a gift that was given to them by Hashem that they, they ne- didn't necessarily merit. And he says that when the Jewish people were at the Yamsuf, they were getting very nervous. They recognized that they weren't necessarily on the madrega, they were on the, on the level. They were not on the level to be worthy enough to have gotten out of Mitzrayim. And now they were in need of another miracle. And the Svasemis says that the, so to say, side effect of a nes shaloi bahadraga, that when someone receives a miracle that they're not necessarily worthy for, it's it doesn't necessarily stay with that person. That level, that special gift that God has given given them goes away. It fades away. So now the Jewish people were telling Moshe Rabbeinu when they're standing at the sea, we are afraid. We're nervous. We know that we weren't necessarily worthy of coming out of Mitzrayim. We weren't necessarily worthy of coming out of Egypt. God gave it to us as a present. But now we're stuck in this position where we're on our own. The, the, that level that we were on is not with us anymore. So now it's up to us if we are going to be worthy, if we're going to daven, if we're going to pray, if we're going to have the level of trust in Hashem for us, for this miracle to happen to us. And they're telling Moshe Rabbeinu that why did you do this to us? Why did you put us in this situation where we're going to have to be able to quote-unquote walk on our own? We don't think we can do it. It would have been better if we would have stayed in Mitzrayim and served Paro for a few more years, worked on our emuna, our faith, worked on our bitachon, our trust, worked on our prayer, worked on everything on our, on our service of God, and then we would be able to stand on our own two feet to serve Hashem. We wouldn't be so scared that we're not able to do it. And that's what the Jewish people were telling Moshe Rabbeinu. They weren't telling him that it would have been better for us to be slaves to, to Paro than to die as free men. Of course, it's always better to die as a free man than to be a life of, of a slave. But the Jewish people were telling Moshe Rabbeinu that we're nervous to stand on our own. We're not ready to stand on our own. And Moshe was giving them the encouragement that they could do it. 
that their merits would be able to grant them the salvation from God. And the mushal, the, the parable that's given for us to understand this, is that sometimes when a parent is teaching a child how to walk, how do you teach the child to walk? So you hold the child's hand and you walk. But at a certain point, you want the little child to go on their own. So you let go. You let go of their hand. But the child, what's the child thinking when the parent lets go of their hand? They're thinking, Mommy, Daddy, what are you doing to me? Why are you torturing me? But really, the parent knows that they're doing this for the benefit of the child. They're doing it so that the child should learn how to walk on their own, to run, to, to be a person that can be on their own. And it's not something bad that they're trying to do. And really, this is a lesson in life for us. You know, we start doing new things. We take new initiatives upon ourselves. We, maybe we take new observances upon ourselves. We do a mitzvah for the first time, right? The, there's an expression, by New Year's, people have their New Year's resolutions. And when you start these resolutions off, you're excited about it, and you want to do it, and slowly it wears off. And people have told me, and I've experienced myself, that when you start doing a certain mitzvah, you get this burst of inspiration. You feel like you're on a high. You're doing something good. You're getting close to Hashem. But then when you keep doing it, that sort, that sort of special feeling that you had when you did this mitzvah, when you learned Torah, whatever it was, each person's different, it sort of goes away. It doesn't feel the same as it did when you did it the first few times, right in the beginning. And the, the lesson here is, is that sometimes Hashem gives us a taste of what we could be. You know, just like a store, in order to buy something, first we sample the food, we taste it. And only once you sample that food for free are you interested in buying the food with your own money, which you have to work for. And that's the lesson here as well, that God, in His infinite wisdom, He wants to give us a sample. He gives us a sample that when we sometimes do a new observance, we learn something and we feel very inspired about it and we feel very good about it. He's giving us the free sample. He's giving us a taste of what we could be. And then it wears off because that's what happens when you get a gift, when you get this type of madrega shaloi, when you get this nace shaloi bahadraga, you get this miracle that's not on your level. Maybe we don't deserve that special feeling yet because if we want to really get there, we have to work for it. We have to day in and day out to strive to get to that special place. And the, the taste that God is giving us is showing us that if you put in the effort, if you put in the hard work, you can get to this on your own. And when you get to this on your own, to this level, to this feeling of inspiration, it's worth so much more to you because you work for it. And number two is it's permanent. It's not something which is going to go away because you had to do the hard work to get to that point. And I'm sure we can relate to this in our own ways when it comes to working for something versus getting something. You know, we all know the feeling when you worked for that first paycheck. How good did you feel? You worked hard. You produced something and now you have a paycheck. As opposed to a situation where someone just gives you the same amount of money. It didn't feel as good. It feels good when you work for it. And therefore, when we work for it, we're able to get to those places as well. And that's with our spiritual lives as well and our spiritual goals and the different feelings we have when it gets to mitzvot that maybe explains to us 
why we sometimes don't always have that feeling of inspiration when we do these good things that we're doing. Because it's just a sample and we have to now work hard and put in the effort to get back to that place and to that feeling that we had when we originally started. A second thought I wanted to share with you on this week's Parsha is an idea which I probably share every single year. The Midrash tells us that when the Jewish people crossed the Yamsuf, there was a certain level of prophecy that every Jew had during that experience. And the expression that the Midrash uses is that that a maidservant who crossed the Yamsuf, who, someone who is not necessarily on the, the highest level, right? Someone who is, you know, maybe more simple, more, more on the lower level, had a higher degree of prophecy during the crossing of the Yamsuf than the great prophet Yechezkel ben Buzi, Ezekiel. And now if you think about that statement for a minute, Yechezkel's prophecies, some of them we don't even fully understand to this day. The Maisa Merkava, the, the, the story of the Merkava, we don't fully understand the prophecy. We won't understand until Mashiach comes. But the you could just imagine that Yechezkel merited extremely high level of prophecy, but yet the Shipcha, the maidservant who crossed the Yamsuf, had a higher degree of prophecy, of divine revelation, than the prophet Ezekiel. Now the question which is asked by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz is that what happened to the maidservant that went through the Yamsuf? You know, we know what happened to Yechezkel. We heard of him, right? He, he had a great prophecies as the book of Yechezkel. But we don't hear again about this maidservant who crossed the Yamsuf. She experienced such a high level of prophecy, but yet we never hear about her again. There's no word of what happened to her. And the, this is a, I feel the answer to this question really ties in, like I mentioned before, to the first idea that we talked about. Because our first idea we talked about is such a thing as that God gives us this matana. God gives us a gift sometimes. He gives us this level, a, a, maybe a level of understanding or maybe a level of inspiration that we don't necessarily merit. And we get it. We feel it. And, you know, some of us get this inspiration in different ways. We could see nature and we feel inspired that there's a God in the world. We can learn a, 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 an idea from Torah and we can feel inspired. We can hear a song and that can make us feel good about ourselves and feel like we want to do more. Right? We all get inspired in different ways. But the question is, is what do we do with the inspiration? How do we channel it? And just like I mentioned before that God gives us the sample and we have to work for it. That this, going back to our question now about this shipcha, about the maidservant, that the maidservant, that even though she had this extremely high level of prophecy, she stayed a maidservant because she didn't do anything with the inspiration. That the point of inspiration is to do, is to take it and put it into action, to concretize it, to to take it and to, to do something with it, not just let it have inspiration and feel good because that just goes away. When we take the different things that inspire us and channel it into actual something concrete, into Torah, into mitzvot, into character development, it becomes part of us and then we're using the inspiration in a positive way. So when it came to this maidservant that we're talking about in the Medrash, 
She had this extremely high level of prophecy, but she didn't do anything with it. She just had inspiration and it faded away. So she stayed the maidservant. But Yechezkel Ben Buzi, when he had inspiration, he channeled into something. He, he took it and he put it into action. And therefore he became the great prophet Yechezkel that we know today. And this is the message for us as well. When it comes to the things that inspire us, it's great to be inspired. It's great to feel good. It's great to have a very exalted feeling. But we have to remember in some way, we need to take that feeling and channel it into action. And it could be something small. It could be something that's just for a week, a two weeks. You know, many people look at commitments when it comes to Judaism, when it comes to mitzvahs, when it comes to Torah. You know, it is lifelong commitment. But we have to trick the Yitzhahara. We have to trick the evil inclination that the way we need to do things is we look at it as a week, a day. You know, we think, okay, I'm inspired. I want to do something for a week. And then after a week, we could reassess how we're doing. And when we take upon ourselves a small commitment, and it could be limited in amount of time, we're taking that feeling of loftiness. We're taking that feeling of inspiration and putting it into action, making it real, and it's becoming part of us. And that's something that we need to think about and remember when we have that moment, when we have that feeling, to take it and to put it into something. Even if it's small, and, and don't think that it's insignificant. It's something every act a person does, every mitzvah, everything he holds back on is special and is action and is real. And this is something we should keep in mind when we have these great feelings to take it and to concretize it. And God willing, when we do that, we'll, be, we'll slowly be climbing the ladder to character development and closeness to Hashem. And with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomokom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.